BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. St. Xavier University is for students who want more out of their future. We pride ourselves on preparing graduates with the skills they need to succeed in life. Visit xxu.edu to start plotting your path to a brighter tomorrow. St. Xavier University, the best in you. Welcome to the Understood Podcast, sponsored by St. Xavier University. I got my man Josh Schrock here. Follow him at Schrock underscore and underscore all. My other guy, Alex Shapiro, follow him at Alex Shapiro NBCS. Tony Gill is running the pod. We are broadcasting virtually live from the NBC podcast studios, powered by PointsBet. And I'm Kenneth Davis. Um, we got a few things to get into. We, of course, we had rookie minicamp, and both of my guys were there. So we're going to find out what these guys think about rookie minicamp, the roster, and also ESPN's Dan Orlowski on Get Up uh, mentioned that Justin Fields will be in the conversation, perhaps, perhaps. for MVP. Maybe. For Maybe. 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 Hey, man, anyone can be in the conversation in May. Maybe. <laughs> Right. Dino For Smith MVP. was in the conversation. Why not literally true. anybody else? That's true. Yeah, there was that little six-week stretch where it was like, is Gino going to the MVP and comeback player of the year? That'd be cool. It didn't happen. Hey, Gino Smith still has the job. They didn't draft the QB, so shout out to Gino. Gino Smith won the draft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> honestly, like yeah, honestly. Because yeah. I mean, I mean, if you and again as we take a side note to talk Gino Smith. <laughs> But when you when you think about the fact that it looked like the Seattle Seahawks may be a team that could take Anthony Richardson and sit him for a season mm-hmm. or two behind Geno Smith, and regardless if they took any quarterback at one point within the next two years, they're playing him to see if he's that guy. Geno Smith has a lot more wiggle room unless mm-hmm. Seattle drafts a quarterback. So they're showing that they believe in it. Anyway, get back to let's get back to Chicago and talk <laughs> about our rookies here. So uh, rookie minicamp commenced, gentlemen. Um, let's start off with the the, the the big rookie there, and that's Darnell Wright. Um, what did, of course, anyone we talk about offensive coordinator Luke Getze, um, head coach Matt Eberflus, what did anyone have to say about Darnell Wright in this small sample size and shorts and uh, what they thought about the young rookie who was going to be a, a stellar offensive tackle for our beloved Chicago Bears? Uh, I want to preface all of this by saying it was non-padded, so we could see very little of what he is other than pretty quick for his size. But um, offensive line coach Chris Morgan, um, a man of few words normally, as Alex can attest, uh, not a big talker, uh, but I got a little bit out of him. Um, I asked him about Darnell Wright, the technician, and he went on a big soliloquy about how how slow the game is for Darnell, even at this early stage. Like you watch him, like you can see like the game moves in slow motion. He knows where to put his hands, when to like when to use them, how to do it. And what the Bears talked about is for Darnell Wright to be week one ready. All they want him to do is to spend six weeks really learning the verbiage, right? Learning. How to, how to digest multiple play calls in a huddle and then be able to recall them at the line. Because at Tennessee, right, it's no huddle. It's just a quick check. So Darnell's really talked about having to learn how to take in long NFL play calls and then understand that when they get to the line, there might be a check, and it's going to be one of the two or three play calls they heard in the huddle and how he can recall that. But as far as uh, physically, he's going to have to drop a little bit of weight. Uh, technically, they feel like he's ahead of schedule. So uh, all good things about Darnell Wright. Yeah, the only thing I'll add, I you know, we do need to hammer home. They're, they were wearing helmets, but not pads. <laughs> yeah. They can't do live contact until training camp. So truly evaluating or getting a look at offensive and defensive line play is tough. But you do get a sense, like Josh said, about, oh, man, that guy can scoot for his size. He's really big, and he really can move, which is what the Bears really like a whole lot. And then I believe Luke Getze used a word that we usually hear for defensive ends. He said he's bendy, uh, which is obviously important if you're going to keep up with those other bendy guys coming around the edge. Um, The Bears are super high on Darnell Wright. I mean, it's clear when you hear them talk about it, 
there's a few guys in particular, you know, they love everybody, but there are a few guys in particular they're really effusive about. And I would say that's Darnell Wright, Tyreek Stevenson, Roshan Johnson, and then even Travis Bell, the seventh rounder, when you know, hear more about him being a favorite human. Matty Rufus kind of doubled down on that, said, uh, yeah, Ryan Poles called him my favorite human. If I had to pick a guy, it would probably be Travis Bell, too. Um, so, yeah, th- those are the things that really stuck out in, in bringing it back to Darnell Wright. He can move. He can move for a big guy. <clears throat> All right. So, look, you, you brought up Stevenson. Um, there was a matchup where Stevenson was getting at it with Scott. Break that down as far as how that went with the two young rookies and Tyler Scott going up against the cornerback and Stevenson as far as uh, who won the day for the most part between Tyreek and, of course, with Tyler. Yeah, I mean, we're watching a bunch of different things, so Alex can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think if it's a boxing match, it's a it's a KO for, for Stevenson. I think the length and the physicality, uh, really impressive, you know, to be able to swallow a guy with 429 speed like that. I mean, Scott just did not have any air, and you kind of got a sense of, why the Bears traded up for Tyreek Stevenson, right? How physical he is, how long he is. They talk about that length and that speed being able to allow you not to play perfect. And he, he wasn't perfect, but they have talked glowingly already about how much how quick he's picked up the defense. He's really hit the ground running. And while Matty Flutes can say, you know, he's going to be in a competition with Kendall Vildor and Jalen Jones, I think it's fair to say two days into non-padded practice that Tyreek Stevenson is certainly uh, has an early, early, early leg up for a cornerback too. Yeah, you know, as we said, you can't really evaluate O-line, D-line. So you, you kind of have to separate Darnell Wright, separate Zach Pickens, separate Jervon Dexter from what I'm about to say. But among all the other players, I think Tyreek Stevenson impressed me the most. Agreed. Uh, that physicality, that ability to like stick with a guy was definitely on display. As Josh said, there's a lot to watch, so our eyes are everywhere. But every single time I tuned in to Tyree Stevenson, he won. I did not see him lose a single rep, uh, which was really impressive. And, you know, we had conversations pretty candidly after the draft about how does this guy fit in? He's this press man corner. Are they going to do more cover one? What's going on here? But there were a few moments where they were in that kind of like zone shell, whatever. And he was equally impressive you know i'm looking and his eyes are in the right place he has this knack that i saw this kind of intuition that oh i need to leave my guy now and go pick up this other guy because this is where the play is going and i got to be there to make the play and he would do those things so in terms of athletic ability that we saw uh in terms of instincts i was truly like every single rep i watched Tyreek stevenson i was really really impressed uh, and then we got to give some love to the other quarterback, Terrell Smith, I think, yeah. mid-play of the weekend. He had a full extension, interception, uh, so give some love to the other cornerback. But, yeah, I mean, in terms of, you know, how much a guy can show you in two days, I think Tyree Stevenson showed a lot. And, again, Josh brought this up again, and I want to reiterate it. The coaches, John Hope, the new cornerback's mm-hmm. coach, was basically like, yeah, he pretty much picked up the defense. What we threw at him, he – learned it pretty quickly and showed a a good understanding of what we want to do. And that's really what the bears want to see because they can't do contact. They can't do live stuff. So it's like, okay, we're going to teach you as much as we can. How much are you picking up? How much are you retaining? And it seems like Tyreek Stevenson, you know, earned great grades in that department out of the classroom. Real, real quick. Cause you, you jumped, Mr. Jump ahead. That was the question. My next question was, how did he look in his own scheme? Josh, what were your thoughts as far as how he picked up the zone? Because we all knew that he's a man-on-man guy. Now is our fear with him getting drafted, perhaps how he would translate in this cover two type of shell. Yeah, no, agree with everything Alex said. I thought he was really, really good. Um, thought he had good instincts. I mean, rookie minicamp is an area where, like, if someone makes a mistake, they'll just stop the drill and tell you that you made a mistake and – I mean, he gets glowing marks. Can I, I thought about, I thought about you. We talked to John Hoke though, because he was asked uh, if they were going to work Tyreek Stevenson in at the nickel and outside like they did Kyler Gordon. Cause Tyreek Stevenson has, cause Tyreek Stevenson has some, uh, he has some experience Georgia. doing that at Georgia. And uh, John Hoke said, no, we're just going to work him at outside. Cause it's pretty hard to learn two at once, which I thought of you and was like, Oh, you don't say, how about that? So I think that's really, okay. Yeah, that speaks to, uh, one, I think that speaks to a lot of what Kyler Gordon was dealing with, but also just like the state of the bears roster last year that they felt the need to do that. Um, they really don't now at this point. So, you yeah, know, I thought everything Tyreek Stevenson showed, um, 
we were not critical of the trade up, but it was kind of like, hey, why'd you do that? Like, why didn't you kind of like mix the draft picks around? But um, he, I think Alex said that he's he impressed me the most as well for for what you could see. Um, along with another guy who we'll who we'll get to in a second. Real quick, so it's early. Is there yeah. anything? And this is rookie mini camp, so we're extrapolating a lot of BS, right? right. All right yeah. Just to be honest. But when you're looking at Tyler Scott, what was the disadvantage when it came to Tyreek Stevenson? Is it just just it's rookie minicamp or is it a situation where perhaps his route tree needs to go? Or is it just Tyreek Stevenson is that dude and it really didn't matter what Tyler Scott was doing? Tyreek Stevenson is the type of guy where he could, I won't say shut him down, but he could stay with him. Yeah, I think a couple things. I think the first is the route running does need to improve. It's not like a Valus Jones level route running needs to improve, but it's like, hey, it can get crisper. Uh, but I do think we need to talk about the fact that Tyree Stevenson and Tyler Scott trained together and they know each other well. Great and point. so I think that's a matchup where like Tyreek had said, like, hey, I know he's fast. I know what he likes to do. And I know that if I get my hands on him here, it's going to mess him up here. So I think it's familiarity. Um, route running needs to be better. But I, I didn't take I didn't like leave that thing like, oh, man, Tyler Scott's going to stink. I was just like, oh, okay. wow, look at like I think it's really impressive when a guy has four two nine speed in the corner can 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 make him make him work like that and kind of, you know, envelope him. Did also, speed jump thing, out? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Alex. Go ahead. Well, it kind of answers this question. Um, the Bears weren't really running a whole lot of deep routes. Exactly. Um, and I think that's by design. You know, you have yeah. two quarterbacks that <clears throat> you're not so sure of, and you want to get the ball out of their hands. You want to get mm-hmm. the ball into other people's hands. So <clears throat> I didn't see Tyler Scott going deep a whole lot no. so that he could show off that speed. It was a lot of digs. It was a lot of curls, which aren't necessarily his strengths. So a lot of, but again, it's rookie minicamp. I wouldn't read anything into that. It's like, okay, we want to get the ball out of Tyson Badgen's hands quickly or whoever whoever is throwing the ball. We even saw Andrew Janoko throwing the ball at times. Uh, I think it's more a product of that than anything else. Yeah. So I don't know that Tyler Scott really got the opportunity to show off his speed too much because we were not seeing a ton of long developing deep yeah, yeah there was like quote yeah. pass plays if such no. a thing exists yeah no play action boot deep crossers anything like that just very right. much three step quick game stuff all right so he belongs to you and I'm talking about Roshan Johnson <laughs> Josh what is your man Roshan Johnson how did he look at Miracle Minicamp well, look, once again, it's a non-padded practice. So the thing that he does well is, you know, punish defenders and he can't really touch anyone. So uh, not like, oh, we did learn that Roshan, uh, you know, Ken, he's the type of guy who he'll uh, he'll ace the test. He'll sweep the sheds. He cleaned up some water bottles. Just a really high character guy, which I know you love. Look at you smiling. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I mean, Roshan's impressing everyone just because I think he's a high IQ, high character guy. Um, and they know how physical he is. I mean, you watch at Texas, you know, he's going to run over people. I, I think it was telling that, Luke Getze and David Walker both came out and said like, Hey, this running back room, complete competition. Like Khalil Herbert's going to get RB one snap at OTAs and it's game on between him, Foreman and Roshan Johnson. And they included Johnson in that. So it tells you how highly they think of him. Um, so th- I think that was my big takeaway other than, you know, I mean, he can't, he's not going to run over anyone. It's, it's a lot of big holes and, you know, blowing the whistle dead after, after 10, 10, 10 yards. Yeah, I, I actually asked David Walker about that. I was like, everybody's really high on Roshan, but obviously pads aren't on. So is there any projection that you have to do about the physicality? And he's like, I'm not trying to dismiss your question, but I am not worried about that. I know exactly what's going to look like when the pads come on. We watched a lot of Texas tape. No worries whatsoever about what Roshan Johnson is going to bring once the pads do come on. It was, again, the mental stuff. And uh, <clears throat> he aced his special teams test from Richard Hightower. Richard Hightower gave the special teams guys a pop quiz on Saturday to see how much they had retained from Friday. Roshan Johnson got in front of the room, got 100%. And then, as Josh said, after the meeting, he also cleaned up the water bottles. Everybody loved it. Everybody loved that Roshan Johnson cleaned yeah. up the water bottles. No, it's true. Like, pretty much everybody up and down uh, throughout the organization has sung his praises. Uh, Ryan Pohl said he was shocked he was still there at 115. Uh, they are high on Roshan Johnson. And the versatility can't be dismissed either, right? We talk about special teams, but also the pass catching, the pass protecting, um, everything. I mean, everything they, they love about this kid. So I don't think it's a surprise that he's going to be in the running for running back one touches. I am surprised that they said it on May 5th, but that's where we're at. 
Huddle up because it's time to fill the power of points bet. All the way through April and May, points bet are giving away bonus bets every single day between 5 p.m. and 6 p.m. Central with the points bet power hour. Once the clock hits 5 p.m., your bonus bets drops and the power is in your hands. Download the points bet app today using the code SHITALK and set your watch to the power hour at 5 p.m. Central. Points bet your move. This is the Undercenter Podcast talking Bears minicamp with my buddies Josh and Alex. Um, guys, real quick. I want to stay within the guys that were drafted. Were there any other the the, the, the rookie draft guys that stood out to you in uh, this rookie minicamp? Again, we know that the guys in the trenches can't do diddly squat right now, but I guess the guys on the perimeter. Did anybody else that stand out to you? Look, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go to the trenches. I know we can't say a lot about them, but we got to talk about the defensive tackles. We can't say a lot, but like we can we can look at the get off. We can time the get off. We can look at where they're played and in terms of Pickens and Dexter. Um, you know, Pickens was – they rotated a little bit between three-tech and, and nose, but Pickens was pretty much at the three-tech because the, the explosion the get-off is real. You can see why they drafted him. Uh, I think it's easy to see him being a pretty important rotational three-tech along with Justin Jones, like, immediately. Like, he's just – boom. It was just, like, off the ball. And, yeah, he's facing, you know, an undrafted rookie center. So take that for what it was. But the get-off at least is impressive. As far as Dexter's concerned, a lot of, lot of one-tech reps um, – they already talked about having to rework the footwork, rework the stance, rework the hands. Uh, he talked about, you know, having being asked to two gap and read and react in Florida and how that maybe slows his get off. Um, and it, it was it was a little quicker than I thought initially. But as the practice went on, it got slower and it got slower. And, yeah, defensive line coach Travis Smith said, hey, you know, after the first practice, we had to go right back to work and say, like, hey, this is the stance that we play with. This is where your hands need to be. This is where your eyes need to be. This is where the balance has to be. So I think Jervon Dexter, and once again, it's early. He could make giant leaps between now and training camp. But as we said now, I think it's maybe fair to look at Jervon Dexter as a run-stopping nose in year one with potential to develop into a disruptive three technique. But I do think Zach Pickens, I was very impressed with the get-off, and I think he's going to play a big three, a big role in the three-tech rotation. He has that traditional old school three technique belly. I I, yeah. I noticed it during the combine because he's one of those yeah. guys when they had the the, 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 the lineman running. I was like, yeah. who's this? He had like a gray shirt. I was like, who's this dude with this belt? Because he's hustling his ass off. He's going. His yeah, he was going. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, who, is going. This? who is this yeah. guy? Whatever. Alex, yeah. what were you about to say? Just in terms of Jervon Dexter specifically, because there's been so much discussion about his get off and whether he's slow off the snap, et cetera, et cetera. Um, when he did pop, the dude popped. There were yeah. there were moments where it was like, whoa, that guy's in the backfield. Or, whoa, that dude just shed a block and would have blown that running play up for a loss of five yards. Things of that mm-hmm. nature. <clears throat> there were also times where I thought he looked slow. Uh, so it was kind of that mixed bag. It was kind of that inconsistency that we've talked about. I think Josh was right when he said as practice went on, it looks like he got more winded, which is maybe unfair because they had these guys playing like 75% of the snaps. It's not going to be anywhere close to that in a game. They'll probably be around like 30 or 40%, right? Right. Um, Our friend of the show, our friend of the pod, Herb Howard, was actually Mm -hmm. tracking Jervon and doing his own little rating about was that slow, was that quick? He had it at, I want to say, around 55 to 60%. It was like, Good job. Jervon was like right on it right there. Um, but again, that might skew towards the end of the practice when Eberflus was working them on Friday, especially like the tempo was up. They were repping them a lot. And especially the guys who were deemed ones, they were playing a lot. So it was kind of like a, Hey, welcome, welcome to the hits program guys. Uh, so it might've skewed a little bit in that direction towards the end. Um, to answer your original question about guys not drafted, I was wrong. My guy actually did not end up getting signed. Was he a UDFA, Josh, or was he a tryout guy? My guy was somebody named Kittner, number 15 oh, wide tryout. receiver. He tryout. was a tryout guy. So my guy didn't make the cut. He didn't make the team. So I was wrong. I thought this dude, I saw him. He was like the Chris Finke, yeah. Daniel Chris Braverman. Fink- Chris Finke award winner. Yeah. He was that guy, right? The little scrappy white dude in the slot who was catching passes and, like, using his grit. And I was like, this guy is going to make the team, and Bears fans are going to love him, and he's going to be the hero of training camp and then not make the team. Like, we, we've we heard the story every year. Every year there's a guy like that. I thought he was going to be the guy that didn't make the team. I was wrong. 
I was wrong. Kittner was going to be my pick, but he's no longer with us. I will say as far as Jervon Dexter is concerned, the size and the length is impressive. I mean, it just looks different than what the Bears had on the defensive line last year. I mean, no offense to Armand Watts and Angela Blackson, but when you saw Pickens and Dexter lined up in the middle, it was like, oh, okay, they might actually be able to stop the run a little bit this year. So um, that that's good. You, you can see why Ryan Poles drafted Jervon Dexter. I just think it's probably going to take a little time. Okay. Um, real quick, you mentioned that they were going – the pace was hastened on Friday. Did any of the rookies seem gas more than the others to any one of you? It was probably Pickens and Dexter, but yes, only because they were asking them to do a lot. Yeah. Like those two, towards the end of practice on Friday, each guy was like, was like hand yeah. on a knee, on the ground, leaning over, like, woof. Yes. Just definitely catching their breath before they had to go back out. But again, I think that was purely – Workload related. What undrafted free agents uh, flashed for either one of you during this camp and rookie camp? Man, my guy Dejon Warren uh, actually was not signed, so that's a bummer. Cornerback from Jackson State. I thought four three six speed. He might he might make a he might make a little splash. But I, I thought the kicker, man, Andre Smith can he 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 can he can boot the thing, man. He hit a fifty yarder with room. Just it was like halfway up the uprights. So he can he can boom it. So. Uh, we'll go with him because for the most part, uh, unlike last year where it was like all UDFAs because the draft class was so small and Alex and I were like, hey, look at Kevin Shaw. He made a cool catch. He'll probably make the roster. Didn't make the roster. Uh, this year was more about the draft class than the UDFAs. Okay. So wait, 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 how, how many how many undrafted rookies were there in general then? It should be the question. I'm a lot. Asking. A lot. They, well, they, okay. signed, they signed 10 and then there was a bunch trying out. Okay. And then today they – There were like over 60 guys there. Yeah, over 60 guys. I think – yeah, I want to say 10, 10 to 13 signed a um, bunch of tryouts. And then today they released three and signed three different ones from the tryouts. I got to look up. I got to look at the roster for my guy besides Kittner who didn't make it. Give me one second. I'm getting pinwheels. So, yeah, Danny uh, Kittner was a tryout. The other guy I'll throw at you who was signed. Okay, so this is a UDFA signing. Robert Burns, 45 fullback. Yeah. I do not believe the Bears are going to take two fullbacks, but maybe this is a guy who competes for a roster spot along with Jake Tungis. Because Tungis, even though he's listed as a tight end, was kind of doing fullbacky things. He was kind of playing that tight end fullback blend role <clears throat> that we've seen. This guy had legs the size I've like yeah. never seen before. I mean, Quad, quadzilla. quadzilla. Quadzilla for sure. Um, and when they were doing this like explode through the pad drill with David Walker, there were two guys that made David Walker and then the other assistant coach like actually reel back. And that was Roshan Johnson and Robert Burns. Um, and here's the thing. I think, you know, last year there was some excitement about Master Teague. He's this big physical specimen. He looks like this <laughs> bowling ball out there. But he maybe wasn't getting it done with the drills. So, you know, Josh and I are looking at each other like, yeah, Master Teague probably ain't it. Um, didn't have that level of insight with – Robert Burns in the drills just because we couldn't hear the coaching necessarily as well. Um, like we could last year when we were like really privy to every single yeah. coaching detail. Um, however, that was a guy that fullback caught my eye. I was like, this guy is fast. He is huge. Uh, it, he was like a fun guy to watch. Yeah. I will say just th- I'll throw one other name out there. I thought uh, Thyric Pitts wide receiver from Delaware and uh, he's a solid camp. I mean, it's it's really tough with the wide receivers that are undrafted because the quarterback play is not very good. But he had some he, had, he ran some pretty crisp routes. And I mean, unlike some other guys, didn't I think some guys didn't even catch a ball. He he caught he caught a few passes. Um, he was a good route runner. The Patriots tried to sign him as a UDFA, so he'll stick around. Um, he's a guy I kind of like. Can I add Real another quick. one that I just Go thought ahead. of? Bobby Haskins. Uh, <laughs> not Bobby Haskins. <laughs> uh, Aaron Crookshank who we determined is not related to Dane Crookshank. Uh, he has two working Wide receiver strings. who also, it just seemed like, oh, there's 84 again. Oh, there's 84 again. He was a UDFA signing, so he'll be a guy that, you know, will have some extra time to show what he can do. And he was another guy who um, got work on punt return. We saw them use a lot of guys on punt return. I thought me, uh, just looking, I thought Crookshank did the best yeah. out of all of them. And then, again, like I said, he just seemed to be making a lot of catches over the middle of the field. So Crookshank was a name and a number that I wrote down several times. 
And for a team that needs uh, defensive uh, line, especially edge rusher help, uh, Jalen Harris, son of former Bear Sean Harris, uh, he was he was okay. He was solid. But again, we are talking about guys who are likely not going to make the team. We're going to be yes. fighting for like maybe you know, maybe maybe two, maybe two of them. Exactly, they're going to be maybe fighting two. for the fifty second and fifty third roster spot. But they are guys who could maybe end up on a practice, practice squad, squad. You know. Yeah. Uh, as depth guys, so if people get hurt and you need somebody to come in and help on special teams or whatever, what have you, these are guys towards the end of the roster who could who could just stick around Dallas. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. You know, something that I've been wanting to say since draft night, and it just, it hit me, perhaps, best case scenario, when you're talking about Dexter and Pickens, and this is going to take anybody back, maybe in the future, so maybe two years from now, the Bears can have something like the Jaguars had when they had Henderson and, and Shroud two big massive tackles up the middle that just used to wreak havoc back in the day if these two gentlemen you know can grow into the type of players that we expect for them to grow what are you about to say josh i don't remember all right real quick and this this goes to both of you but josh you you just talked about the kicker booming a 50 yarder with Mm -hmm. extra on it with something left on it Will, not this. Will it? Could it be this year? Or is it a situation when you're talking about Kyrie Santos, where his contract is about to come to an end, I believe, after this season, that they're looking for this gentleman to perhaps replace him and not put any extra money into that kicking position when you have this undrafted uh, kid that you can just throw into that position? Yeah, it's it's possible. I mean, I'd still, I feel like Kyrie Santos is going to be the kicker, but uh, you never know. I mean, kickers kickers get it and lose it like that. And if he shows up to training camp and he doesn't have it, and this kid does, I mean, it's an easy switch to make. Yeah, I think with Cairo, you know, you got to remember, a lot of people focus on those missed extra points. It was weird. It was a weird stretch during the middle of the season where he could not hit an extra point. The extra points he missed in week one that get lumped into that group of extra points he missed, uncount. I mean, that was uncount. a that was a monsoon. Nobody was making kicks. So you got to take yeah. – I forget if it was one or was it two, Josh, that he missed in that game. Two. Two. Okay, so take two. two out of that mix, yeah. <clears throat> you know, that are now just a part of his stat line. Uh, if he comes into camp and he's missing extra points again, then it's like, okay, does this become a storyline? Does this become a competition? But if he comes in and he's okay and he's, you know yeah. – uh, yeah, the same old Cairo Santos, it's a no-brainer because this is a guy who set a franchise record for most consecutive kicks made not too long ago. And this is a guy who I believe is still the most accurate field goal kicker in Bears history. And if not, he's certainly top three. Like, Cairo Santos is really, really good. And a truly reliable kicker, even if he can't hit a 55-yarder, is, in my opinion, still incredibly valuable. And I think he's going to have some sort of a leash here where I would, I don't really think it's a real competition between Schmidt and Cairo, unless Cairo comes in and all of a sudden he's missing extra points all over the place again, then that kind of opens the door. But Cairo told us he, you know, he had this visual tick, this visual thing, and he changed the way he lined up. He thought he had it fixed did get much better once he made that change. So, you know, hopefully with an off season, just doing his thing again, he'll be, he'll be okay again. I'm not, I'm not really watching that kicker battle, battle too closely. No. Yeah. Not watching it. I would just say the thing that I come back to with pretty much 
a lot of these guys who predate Ryan Poles is they predate Ryan Poles. Like I was asked about Khalil Herbert on the radio and it was like, Hey, do you think like Khalil Herbert might not be the long-term answer? It's like, yeah, of course I absolutely think that he, they didn't draft him. Like they're going to get him a chance to win the job, but all these guys who are not Ryan Poles guys can, can be, can be replaced. Right. And that includes Cairo Santos, but I'm with Alex. I think long leash to start training camp unless he shows up and doesn't have it. He'll be the guy. Um, any roster moves guys before we get out of here, anything stays out to you as far as the roster? I just think overall, I mean, it's, I mean, it couldn't, I would say this, it could not look worse than the 2022 Bears because it was a teardown year and they were just filling holes, but there's just a lot, there's a lot more talent, right? When you talk about the linebacking core being filled out, you talk about Dexter and Pickens in the middle, whatever they bring, the the sizes there against, you know, for a team that couldn't stop the run last year, having a guy like Tyreek Stevenson, you have a second round pick now where Kendall Vildor was playing. You have three really talented running backs the wide receiver room looks just, I mean, so much different. You go back a year ago, well, they signed Dante Pettis when I started, and it was like, hey, they got wide receiver help. And now it's like, okay, well, now they're now they're five, six deep. So I, I think, you know, we talk about it, Robert Tunyon, right? Another tight end. Like, they're just, there's a lot more competent, actual NFL players. Talent level is higher, and more should be expected of them. Wait, we're, speaking of linebackers, how'd your duck look out there this weekend? Noah Swoop. Noah? Yeah, he looked fine. He looked fine. I mean, we, we asked him about the, uh, Edge did, you tell him, did you tell him we're ducks? Uh, did you give him the, the no, no? He he had a joint media availability because the Bears were behind schedule. Go figure. Okay. Um, but no, we asked him about the uh, you know about his blitzing and edge rushing, and he said the Bears hadn't just hadn't hadn't asked him if he was going to play linebacker or edge rusher. I imagine he's going to play linebacker and probably compete for the starting Sam spot. He did have a sweet tipped pass that led to a Kendall yeah. Williamson interception. Pick That's six. Pick mini, mi, mini camp picks. Mini camp picks. Mini camp picks. Nobody can tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I didn't, didn't blow it dead. He scored. Okay. How about that? <laughs> All right. So, uh, ESPN's Dan Orlowski on Get Up mentioned that Justin Fields will be in the MVP conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of us was super agitated because of Thoughts on Dan Orlowski, uh speaking truth into light as far as what we can expect from Justin this season. Truth, truth to what? Like, <laughs> I mean, yes, he could very well be in the conversation. I just don't, I just don't like the half take, man. If you're going to go for it, I just want you to go for it, man. Just go on TV and say he's going to be in the MV, he's going to be an MVP, you know, whatever, top four. Throw a number out there, man. You may be in the conversation, kind of, sort of, maybe. Like, what does that mean? Like, I mean, a lot needs to happen. A giant leap in the passing game has to happen for that to be the case. It's certainly possible. Also, I do want to say congratulations to Justin Fields for graduating. That is awesome. He got his degree yesterday yes. from Ohio State. Kevin Warren was in attendance. Congrats to Justin. Oh, um, Kevin Warren was in attendance. He was. He was. Like, oh, he was. El Presidente. <laughs> <laughs> no, El Presidente was in attendance. Yeah. Um, but no, as far as the MVP stuff goes, Justin, if he makes a leap as a passer, he's certainly capable of being in the conversation, right? You can see a world where – he will. He will, Josh. We are. Okay, good, good, good. I hope he does. He's. I think he's talented as well. I put my stamp on he's, it. I'm Dan, okay. I will defy Dan Orlowski. All right. You show he's, me. He's going to be in the top four of the MVP conversation next year? Only pro, I'm going to tell you the only issue I have with top four. Yeah. One, it's three letters called the AFC. All right. Right. And so you got Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Herbert, Lawrence, Lamar, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, no. Jalen Hurts. Ah, that's and different guy, that's in, the, guy, that's, in the, guy, that's in the minor leagues. Listen, all you need is one guy to stay healthy in, the, in Miami, and you throw him into the field of what he has around him. And I'm talking about Tua Tagovailoa. Like it's so. That's like if we're no. saying top eight to ten, but and we're not even talking about defensive players or running backs or receivers that may be in there. It's a, it's a, it's a quarterback award, man. It's, it's a quarterback award. I, I no, no no. I'm just still saying as far as knocking guys back. I agree oh, with sure. that. Yeah. A quarterback will win yeah. it, but just if just Wait, you're, and, you're gonna have the you're gonna have the Micah Parsons where he's got you know 12 right. sacks and five fumbles. It's like, is he the MVP? It's like, well, maybe exactly. Not, damn some, good. Some some the edge rush is gonna have like 16 to 17 sacks along with my you know, so so that's how so I'll say this. If he if he if he has a, if he has if he you're crazy, if he has <laughs> um if he has that run that he had for that month. Added yeah. with the fact that there's more talent around him in the passing game. The, the passing, yeah. I don't, you know what? It will be rumored at some point during the season that he's in the conversation. 
You know what I'm saying? Like even last oh, yeah. year. I mean, it's, it's, like, I, I it's very easy. I, 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 it's yeah. easy to, it's easy to see a world where the bears are, you know, whatever it's late October and they're four and three or five and two, like they've gotten off to a solid start. They maybe played a little bit weaker schedule. Passing game looks better. Justin's still doing the Houdini stuff, running the ball. And it's like, Oh, the bears are in for, tied for first in the NFC North. Yeah. Definitely in the MVP conversation. Like just, I mean, the roster's better. It's not that much better. Like if they're, if they're in the playoff hunt and the offense is good, he will be in the MVP conversation. There's no doubt. Also, I, talk talk schedule I applaud Dan Orlovsky for having a rational take. I don't need another Stephen A. Smith. We have Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. does Stephen A. Why not? Why not just embrace some rational, you know, measured discourse about football? That's what NFL. That's what NFL Live is for. When Dan's on with Mina, that's a great show. I love that show. That's not what Get Up's for. Get Up's for Bring throwing back Rational discourse. And again, I also do see it. Like if yeah. Darnell Wright is the dude and just is a plug and play right tackle. If Braxton Jones is much improved, like everybody believes he will be in in Hallis Hall. Doug Kramer at center. <laughs> Chris Morgan oh, listed man. Doug Kramer as one of the he many did. centers, considering he, he listed every center. Every center there. When somebody asks who's who's the center, he goes, well, we've got Cody, we've got Lucas, we've got Doug, and we've got Dieter. It's like, oh, yeah, those are all four of them. <laughs> yeah, that's the roster. Yeah, good job, Chris. <laughs> that's the roster. Um, that's another hint there. But, yeah, okay, DJ Moore, the run game should be very good again. He'll be in the conversation. Think of everything he did last year. If he Perfect. is, if he, it, right, we haven't even talked about Justin Fields improving. We've talked about everything improving around him. There's also a reason to believe Justin Fields will be better. Another the year footwork. in the Etsy system. The footwork is better. The, the footwork, footwork is better. Is conti- they, they worked on footwork. That's all they worked on in 2022. They're still working on the footwork. Still, still working on so the footwork. So the footwork is going to be good. That's look forward to good footwork. All of that stuff, right? We'll let you know in a couple weeks. If he improves in that short passing game, right? It was like strange how he had this great deep ball, but the short passing game, he was inaccurate. If he makes a stride there, like he'll make a big leap in terms of production, in terms of the numbers, because let's be honest, production numbers matter for the MVP, right? You need to put up numbers. Uh, His wide receiver crew will help him put up numbers. He'll be in the conversation. And, and I, I think mean, that's well, an okay thing to say that he'll be yeah. in the conversation. We don't have to crown him MVP right sure, now. I just don't. It's I just don't think it's not. It's not breakout video worthy, man. That's all I'm saying, man. We need a Twitter breakout video about it. But what I will say, it's not I'll being. Take dis- up with the get up Twitter team, man. Well, I will. I will. I'm a tweet. I'm a tweet at them after I get off this podcast. I was. I think. I think a thing that hasn't been talked about enough, though, as far as Justin's potential growth as a passer, is. He led the NFL last season in completion percentage on throws between 10 and 19 yards. And they added DJ Moore, who operates in the 10 to 19 yard range. And they added Tyler Scott, who's going to stretch the field vertically. So those numbers should go up as long as Alex, as Alex said, if the short passes get better, if he takes the layups. He's not holding the ball too long, not taking too many sacks, take the four yards, take the five yards. There should, there's reason to believe there will be a lot of growth as a passer because the talent is there. The arm talent is there. The decision making is there. MVP. I'm sure some people in the media room are upset. Tony Gill in the chat. MVP is a lot of about expectation. If Justin Fields gets the Bears to the playoff, he will win MVP. The NFC is just soft enough to do it. All right, that's look. That's all I'm gonna say. All I'm gonna say is this is gonna turn into like a Patrick Mahomes, LeBron James thing, isn't it? We're like he should just win it every year, and then it's just like, oh, we can't give it to him again. Patrick Mahomes is the best football. He he should win MVP every year if he's healthy. That's it. I'm done. Hey, you're you're pretty sort of cool. Hey, baby goat for life. All right, I'll shake a fool for baby goat. Hey, All right, they don't they don't want to play the Bears in Germany, Ken? Yeah, that's <laughs> so. Break that down. Um, it's rumored that the Chiefs that the, we we thought the Bears were going to face the Chiefs in Munich, I believe, in Germany, Frankfurt, Frankfurt. Okay, in Frankfurt. Frankfurt. But yeah. now we hear today or yesterday that the Chiefs don't want to face the Bears. If this is true, why wouldn't the Chiefs want to face the Bears so, over in Germany? So if you're a home team and you lose a home game internationally, you have the right to ask the league to protect one home game to make it not that game. And they are asking the league to protect the Bears game, I believe, because the Bears fans travel so well and that money will be, you know, it's a lot of revenue for Arrowhead. Um, oh. 
Yeah, I, I think that. I mean, a lot of people are talking about like they don't want Bears fans to travel to Frankfurt, and it's gonna. I don't think that's it. I think it's all about revenue. I think, mm. um, and so I think it's probably if that gets worked out, which I imagine it will. I think it's going to be the Lions against the Chiefs in Frankfurt, and then the Bears will not be going. Uh, to they know you know the Lions fans aren't traveling yeah. over there. I don't <laughs> think Lions Nation really no. comes out in quite no. as much of a force as Bears no. Nation, and yeah, that revenue yeah. uptick is real. And it's understandable that they would want that revenue uptick. Yeah. Real quick, are we going to go over the 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 per the athletic thing about Ryan Poe's? Um, oh, the Mike Sando thing. Yeah, yeah, sure, go for it. Go. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, good. All right. This is you. I'll clear. I'll call fist. Can't clear out. Go. All right. So if, if this is what, this is what came out from NFL notifications, trending execs around the league are beginning to wonder if Bears hiring Ryan Poles might have been premature. Uh, if they're going to spend this year evaluating Justin Fields to see if they're going to be, if they're going to go up to get a quarterback next year, you got to give him every chance. An NFL executive told the Athletic getting a solid tackle is the way to go. But when you turn Roquan into Jervon Dexter and Tyreek Stevenson with one of the Carolina picks, it's going to it's going to get us fired per the Athletic. It's also commenting on Poles' first round trade back with the Eagles, where he only got a fourth round back, a fourth round pick back in return. Rock could definitely have a brighter career, a bright career, I mean to say, in the NFL, but uh, the move lacked experience. If Jalen Carter turns out to be a stud, he will f- be forever known as the man who traded him for, for, for a fourth rounder. Um, we've you know what we've that done sounds this. Like to me? What? Do you know what that sounds like to me? No joke. Look. Ryan Pulse is a young dude who I'm sure a lot of people believe got a GM job sooner than anyone expected. If there's somebody with a lot more experience in a pro personnel role that thought, I deserve this shot i've put in my time i've put in my experience like is that just sour grapes from somebody who believes they thought they were passed over like you gotta you gotta keep in mind why somebody would say something like this because what does it benefit them to say something like this um in terms of like helping justin fields like yeah they did that they turned the number one pick into dj moore and darnell wright and, you know, uh, they brought in Tyler Scott. They brought in Roshan Johnson. All of those things, all of those things help Justin Fields. And improving the defense also helps Justin Fields because if you're stopping people on defense, you're putting the ball back in Justin Fields' hands, giving him more opportunities to score the football. I don't know. I don't read too much into that Uh and here's the thing. It's way too early to tell. Like, what? Uh, we don't know. We don't know how to grade any of these. We can't grade last year's draft class yet, let alone what Jervon Dexter and Zach Pickens are going to do. If you turned Roquan Smith into two defensive players, and those two defensive players are really good on defense, they're going to be like, wow, really nice job. You turned one starter into two starters. So, man, it's premature. And I do wonder about, like, is this just somebody with sour grapes because they didn't get a GM job in this 30-something world did? I mean, I think it's fair to talk about the inexperience. We knew it was inexperience. We talked about it with the Claypool deal, right? You you have to give up the 32 pick. You can't give up the 53 pick. You kind of get jostled around because, hey, the Packers are interested. We need a two. You don't stand firm at a three. Um, I think the inexperienced questions are, are fair. Uh, the Roquan Smith trade, look, he had he had to trade it, man. He wasn't going to re-sign. Like, they had the, – right. there, there was no option. You can't be like, oh, well, he traded it for that, – that was the deal. There was no – they bur- the bridge was burned. Roquan threw the grenade. They dug their he heels in. System. He yeah, wasn't he a key, key fit. It wasn't a, a lock for that type of money either. Right, you know, exactly. Like for $100 million. Absolutely not. Right. No if you think Tremaine Edmonds being 6'5 fits – what you want is your mic in your yeah. in this system because he can cover more space and coverage and let alone deflect balls. Then it, why would you pay someone shorter who's not getting those type of turnovers? Now, mind you, let's say this: Edmonds hasn't been a turnover ball, king. Ball production has not been there. Ball production has not been so there. So they're they're banking on him doing it. But I'm with you. Right, that's, it's all that it's here. all it's all part of the puzzle. I'm not right? paying, I wasn't paying. I wasn't paying Roquan. He was no. You, he was no, out. You, yeah, you can't. No, you can't. I'm just going to say, I think it's that's like the, Trey, the Tremaine Evans thing is part of it, too. Like, you can judge Ryan Poles and say, like, hey, you said Roquan's not ball productive, but you gave this guy who's not ball productive all this money. But you got, you got to wait to judge it, right? You can't. I don't think – I think the, the Jervon Dexter thing, that's not a fair criticism. He didn't have the opportunity to keep Roquan at the number that he wanted. They did, He wasn't a scheme fit, right? And I think the number one – the trade for the number one pick was – it turned out to be a great trade because the quarterback market – 
didn't materialize, if he would have held on to it, he's probably not getting DJ Moore. Um, I, I, I just, I mean, we can talk about the inexperience. Some of the moves have been questionable. There's no doubt, but he also did well. He got rid of Robert Quinn for the pick that became Tyler Spot. Robert Quinn is washed. Done. It is over. So that's a that's a good trade. So inexperience is fair. He's learning. It's it's his roster. We judge it in two to three years, or you know, if he gets fired in two, we'll judge it then. All that matters. First. I'm gonna bring it back. All that matters is what do these players turn into on the field? If right. these guys ball out and they perform and his picks, you know, he hits on a good amount of them and they are contributors, that's the only thing that matters. Man, I don't care about values of picks or this, that, and the other thing. If the guys he brings into Hallis Hall perform and they make the Bears better, that's, that is what he is here to do. That is his job. That is his job. And we do, it's far too early to make any kind of assessment. And they just – they were not – they're not in a position to take Jalen Carter. Like I don't – we need to like yeah. – they weren't, they weren't going to take it. So what do you want him to do? You want him to just like not get a fourth-round pick and then let the Eagles have right. it for free? Because mm-hmm. everyone – people knew they were, the Bears weren't going to take him. Like it's not like he could make someone else give him a, a second round pick. That just wasn't gonna happen. Well, yeah, that's exactly. Like he, you he really got a fourth round. Down and right. Not exactly. Darnell, right. Yeah, and then and yeah, but they didn't. But they didn't want to do that. So I mean, as far the criticism of Ryan Poles, the only thing I will stand firm on the criticism is the Chase Claypool trade, which the jury is still out on because it was only eight games and it's not plug and play. So we'll see how it goes this year. And you got to remember, at the time, the Bears don't think that's going to be the first round of the second or the first pick of the second round. Right. They right. probably are not expecting that to be the number 32 pick. They're probably expecting that's going to be somewhere in the 40s. And then the Bears just turned out to be awful for well, the rest well, of well, the well, season. Then, well, then they missed the back. Time out. Time yeah, out. No, yeah. I'm going to throw a flag. Really I'm throwing a flag. Throw, I'm throwing a flag. They throw that flag. Do you really think they thought it was going to be in the Because I think we all knew it was. It may not have been 32, but that bad boy is going to be okay. like 36. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, man, if, 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 if Ryan Bulls thought they were going to be in the 40s, damn. <laughs> what was their record when they made the trade? It what was their record when they made the trade? I think a three and five. Middling team. All right. They didn't win another right. damn game. Real quick, real I know quick. they didn't win another damn game. <laughs> Not another damn game. Planned, I think they planned on winning a few more games after that. I hope. I hope it's so. I hope it's so. To inexperience on anybody that's starting a job for the first time. I, I like the points that Alex made about what was the goal in this. Like who's leaking this out to really look at it from that standpoint. Like what is there to be gained? I made. I've said before that there are certain situations where I look at Ryan Poles as he's learning. I mean, anybody that's doing any job, how often do you go in? Look, you can be really good at the job, but how often do you go in knowing it like the back of your hand? That's a rarity. You know what I'm saying? Bill Belichick's been drafting bums at wide receiver for a decade. Exactly. We're going to get on Ryan Poles' case? And I I said this too about the draft. Um, When you look at the fact, because one of the things that I said about Ryan Poles and perhaps his inexperience may have been him in the butt was how early he got rid of the first pick in the draft, right? Mm -hmm. But it came out that I was wrong because nobody was moving for these quarterbacks like we thought someone was going to move for these quarterbacks. There was no appetite. So when we all thought, you're going to trade down then, you're going to trade down again, and then you're you're still going to end up at nine, but you're going to have all these – it wasn't going to happen. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So that speaks to Ryan Poles saying – you, sometimes you can't be greedy. He did the right thing by not being greedy because he probably wouldn't have gotten DJ Moore in that situation, still another first and a second in the future where he got that and he got the ninth pick. So, like, to that degree, I believe this person is is wrong when they're saying that about Ryan Post. But he's still – we still – the same thing Alex said. We still have to learn what these players are yeah. in the near future. And I think we can all say, as of right now, Ryan Post has done a good job as the Bears general manager. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's nothing yeah. to where I'm like, you traded, you get this for Mitchell Trubisky? Like, we are not, right. or, or Kevin White? Like, we're not think, in that type of situation just yet when it comes to Ryan Poles. No, the, I mean, the the patience and the discipline should be lauded. I mean, you think about all yep. the money he had. He could have given Mike McGlinchey $100 million. He could have given Javon Hargrave $90 million. Like, he could have gone out and spent, and he, he very smartly and shrewdly identified the scheme fits the guys he thought had value and that's where he spent the money and he's going to roll it back over. So that should be lauded. If you're going to, you're going to pick and choose and criticize deals. I can't hey, wait Siri. for the guy real quick. Wait, I can't wait oh, for boy. the guy oh, 
that he spends his money like when he oh, really man. goes out oh, and he's man. like yo when he, that when guy he, when he drops the brinks truck oh, yeah. yeah i can't <laughs> wait to see who that guy is because he for him to do that he's gonna think that dude is the dude we're gonna know a lot about ryan pose here he's gonna believe that guy is that guy's a hall of yes. famer <laughs> when he trades yes. when he trades all the draft capital to go to marvin harrison number two overall or something they got a lot of draft picks to move up. You got to let the Marvin Harrison stuff. You got to let the Marvin Harrison stuff. I will never let Marvin Harrison It's not going to happen. Why not? Why not? Because the Cardinals are going to get him. The Cardinals are going to be horrific. Why are they trading that pick? The Cardinals are getting either Caleb Williams or May. They're getting getting both. They have two first-round picks. The the Texans and their own. The Texans are going (laughs) to suck. (laughs) (laughs) The Texans are going to suck. I was waiting for Alex to try. He's not going through the roster. He's like, no, 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 they're going to suck. They're going to suck. Okay, guys, anything else before we get up out of here? No, man, I'm good. I I was just about to set a Siri alert. Remind us to have the Ryan Poles conversation in May 5th, 2025, when we can actually assess what what these draft picks turned out to be. All right, that's it for the Understood Podcast. You know you'll always check us out at 5.30 p.m. on NBC Sports. We will have Six Figure Dilla uh, joining us, Chicago historian, to break down the Bears, Chicago, and the state of Illinois. He also covers the state of Illinois with great historic facts. He'll be joining us, and that will be coming out this Wednesday. Uh, please be safe. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and we always appreciate you. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.